Um, the Boston Celtics, they fell to the Miami Heat in a hard-fought seven-game series, almost including a historic three-year comeback. Um, early in this offseason, the Celtics have shaken up some things. And joining us today, once again, is legendary sports writer Bob Ryan. Bob, how you doing? Good, John. Good, thank you. Um, so the over, overall performance on the Boston Celtics um, in this previous playoffs, um, they seem to be consistent at times. And also, not always playing up to their potential, was led to the two back-to-back seven-game series they played. What's overall analysis over of what the Celtics played on the playoffs? Yeah, well, the big question everybody, which means fans and media, had once the season was over was: Will they make a significant move, or will they just say, "Look, we still think these guys are talented enough that they just got to play better with some twist tweaks here and there." And that was settled. We know the answer is no, we, we are not coming back with the same group. And we're going to try to find a different approach to a degree. And so we have had the first shoe to drop, which was the three-way trade that resulted in Marcus Smart going to Memphis and the Celtics picking up Chris, uh, Chris uh, Saps Porzingis, yeah. uh, who certainly will give them a, a, a different look. And uh, uh, it, it, uh, But one thing he does, he continues that, their policy that they are going to uh, lean heavily on the three. He's a seven-three guy who shoots threes uh, in the high thirties, and, um, and that's going to be part of the deal. But oh, now, but I, I would, I personally hope that he isn't just stuck out there in the corner to shoot threes, but that he also utilizes his ability to post up, which he did more last year than he had in in some other years. Yes, yes, at seven foot three, he's good at driving, making defensive laps, which creates space on the shooters on the floor, on the on offense. And having any player on the floor capable of going for 30 points a game, who would leave pressure on Tatum and Brown, which was a factor in last year's playoffs. Because it was not always both of those players stalled. If you had a player going for 23 points at any given night, that would have been a threat. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's certainly on paper. Uh, Marcus Smart was a spotty three-point shooter. He could make them now and then. He had his moments, but but right. people here were you know, the one that was the aspect of his game that was always iffy, and and he did have a habit of of taking uh, uh, should we say injudicious threes at times. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. We can talk about him, but I mean, but that was the, the one flaw in his game. Um, so this is this is a more reliable three-point shooter, but he obviously, obviously it's a whole different matter. You're talking about 7-3. You're talking about a guy who who can help you on defense. Uh, they're going to have two shot blocks, two rim protectors and, uh, now with Robert Williams and him. And what they tell me, and I'm not basing it on what I saw much of last year because I didn't get to see the Wizards at all last year, I don't think, but that he does have the mobility to guard on the on the pick and roll, surprisingly, at 7-3. And uh, and he so should be an asset on defense. And uh, uh, of course, uh, defense uh, that was smart sport. That was smart's game. So um, it, it's an interest. It's a very intriguing uh, intriguing move. And and uh, uh, um, it's got me excited. I wish training camp started tomorrow. I want to see how this works out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an exciting offense, definitely. Um, losing Marcus Smart, especially in the locker room, which everyone talks about his presence in the locker room. You think he might step up in that in that effect? You think it'd be um, Joe Mazzula might step up, trying to be a better, better presence there? Mm-hmm. That is a big issue. Uh, he was the he was vocal. He he, he got he he kept people accountable. Uh, he, he he was a a strong personal presence. 
uh, more vocal than either Brown. Tatum certainly is not that way. He's not going to ever turn into that kind of guy. Uh, Brown has a little bit of that in him, but but Smart was the guy that had it. Uh, they could use some some tough, some grit, some substance, some toughness. I hope that I hope, and I'm not alone, that they're on the, in the market to find. You know, somebody like, I'm going to throw a name out just to give an example, you know, of what, he's not going to get this guy, but a, a P.J. Tucker type. Is there somebody else that, that they could find that, that could uh, uh, bring yeah. in and help play that role? Um, and and uh, Draymond, you know, who obviously is, he is out there, but he's not going to be going to Boston. I know that. Right. So um, that's all. They, yeah, you're right. Marcus will be missed in that regard. And, uh, and Memphis is going to gain something, and I'm wondering uh, – what kind of potential influence you could have on Ja, for example. So that's going to be interesting for them to watch. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Peter Tucker would be a good fit for this team. Defensive-wise, as the defense already had, um, he has that corner three also. So that would that would be a good fit. But they do need some more of that point guard. Who do you think they might target? Anybody else probably mind? Or the type of player they might look at? Um, well, um, you know, I think uh, – they don't need a whole lot. Yeah, they, they need, you know, if you're talking about with the Celtics, you know, they're they're close. Um, but, but obviously, they do need to find somebody that will give them a, 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 a locker room presence, and and and, uh, and and that'll be, you know, that'll be a quest, I would think. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking out at the. I tell you, who I'd love to get, but they're not going to get him. I mean, I, I I understand he's maybe interested more in the West Coast, and that's Boston native Bruce Brown. He would be tremendous for them, but. I, I would move. I'd move a lot of heavens and earths to get him if I were them. But that's the kind of guy I'm looking for. Looking for. Um, one player that's going to step up. I already know. I think you know. I think Robert Williams will be a bigger factor when he gets in. We don't know what he brings offensively and defensively for the Celtics. Yeah, Robert. Uh, you know, he, he. You don't know how many games you're going to get out of Robert Williams and. Uh, and I, he hasn't really developed a, a go-to shot for offense at all. What he, his offense is, you know, he's a high percentage guy, you know, obviously. But you check out the um, the, lead, the shooting percentage leaders in the, in the NBA, and, and uh, the 90% of them are, are seven-foot guys that, that dunk and, and tip, tip them in and dunk them in and lob. He's, he's very good at, at putting down lobs and putbacks, but uh, you don't really have a, he doesn't really have a go-to move. But uh, he said, I'm a big fan of his too. I just, but the, he, he's still in, is, is, and he was what, his fifth year or so. Uh, you're not sure how many games you're going to get out of him. But, but it's going to be interesting to see, maybe because they have a uh, the way that they can, how they're going to utilize both he and Porzingis uh, as part or together will be very interesting. Yeah, that'd be great. Everyone's healthy, so they have a good training camp, but they have early chemistry with the Celtics to a great start to the season. We don't know in the East, especially the East now, every yep. game you win is accountable for maybe a seeding in the playoffs in April, March. So, yeah. <laughs> with that said, that goes. Um, Jim Mazzula took some heat from national media for the way the Celtics performed the Eastern Conference Final. Um, Brad Stevens still believes in him, and he's bringing him back. Um, what do you think about the media treatment of Jim Mazzula um, for the year's playoffs? Well, the, as he was under scrutiny, obviously, as the, as the thing was falling apart in, in Miami, they're down 0-3. You can imagine it wasn't good. Um, uh, you know, you have people that are trying to step back and say, look, the guy was given the job under very, very difficult circumstances. He wasn't fully prepared for it. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, they got off to a great start, such a good start that they gave him an extension, uh, you know, after about three months of a job. Um, and and it, it looked like it may have been a little premature. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm one of those people that want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I want to give Brad Stevens the benefit of the doubt. I trust him. I think he's smart. I think he, he felt that uh, Joe Mazzola could do the job. Joe could do the job. Joe um, 
is not he's not media hostile, but he's not much of a uh, he doesn't help you much. I mean, he's very he's very private. He's very um, careful about what he says and doesn't say. Uh, he, he, his press conference the other day was as much as we've heard out of him in, in a long time. Um, you know, he's he kind of cliche-ish, um, but they assure us he's really bright behind the scenes. And, 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 and you know, the fact, that, well, the one thing that was clear, and I think the Celtics recognized this, that one, if they should have tried to immediately, I mean, on the, from the very beginning, try to get him a, a, a veteran assistant that, could, uh, that knew the NBA, that knew the ropes uh, immediately, the way it's been done in the past when, and, and with other, other situations when a young coach has taken over. And they have addressed it to, by, uh, after the season by bringing in Sam Cassell and Charles Lee. And, um, and we'll see how, what an effect that will have. But, I mean, that's going to help him to start with. And he's going to be able to reflect now and, and see what was done and, and, and how, you know, what mistakes he may have made or what things he needs to add because uh, he's clearly a bright guy. He's clearly uh, Brad wouldn't have given this job to him if he didn't have full faith that he was capable of handling it. But a few things were overset. The other thing is, John, um, when when the playoffs, when the finals started, you knew that if you were going to put a checkbox of of uh, you know you do that with that checkbox, you know uh, that next to coaching, it would have been going to Eric Spolster. Everybody knows that he, he he was up against a guy who we all know is going to the Hall of Fame someday. So that was a kind of an unfair, you know, it would be unfair to judge him based on, on, on going up against Eric Spolstra in his first playoffs. And Jalen Brown played nine points past his career average this past season, putting up almost 27 a game. And right on time, he's eligible for a Supermax contract from the Celtics for $295 million, which would be a big commitment from the team to him. Um, consistency. He, we know he can bring... In the playoffs, him and, him and Jason Tatum had moments where he didn't play, where he had all the night. Um, you, I think I, I will see what they work out. What do you think they're going to work out with him? Well, I think it. it the indications are we're in the direction that he's going to get the max, and they're going to have two guys with a max, which will be, a, I think, it's an NBA first, isn't that right? And because uh, Tatum's going to get it, and 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 the, I, I I don't think he's worth the max. I I, I think he's he. he He's not as good as Tatum. He, he sometimes he thinks he is, I think, but he's not. But uh, and he's only eligible for it because he made second team all league, and that's just the way the CBA is written. And you, you know that's part of the deal, which I personally think is terrible. I don't think that should be have anything to do with anything. Uh, that right. uh, the way the writers vote, and, and now we're talking about a, a major thing like a max contract. He's a very good player, though. Had a great year. Had a 25 points a game. He brings a whole lot to the table, but he still has his flaws, and you saw it in Game 7. Eight turnovers because he continues to drive into traffic and then not come out without the basketball. He doesn't right. do things very well with his left hand in and, and the traffic, and, he, and yet he keeps trying to do it. So either work on it and get better or stop doing it, Jalen. I mean, that's it. Right. it you can't keep doing this. <laughs> right. And this roster, as we currently speak, is a title contender. But as Brad Stevens stated, um, he has the green light to adjust the roster even more. So we'll see what changes are coming as the agency begins very shortly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, so, and it's uh, but you know, but I don't want to, you know, you, you, this whole thing with the Celtics is still extremely positive. It's not negative. It's positive. They have good players. They have now. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Here's one interesting question for them. 
they're being very quiet about what is it, uh, how deeply injured is Malcolm Brogdon if it was injured, en- he was injured enough that the Clippers called off the trade that would have sent him there instead of, and it would have been him and not Smart that would have gone somewhere. Uh, they haven't said much about this. Uh, obviously, you, they won't, you know, he's a sixth man of the year. He's quite valuable to the team. He wasn't useful in the seventh game because he, he, was, he was hurt. Um, you know, if they're going to be what they uh, what they should want to be, he's going to have to be a part of the mix, I think. Um, uh, and nobody's saying, you know, what, what the extent is or how long they think he'll be out or when he, whether he's going to be ready for training camp or anything. So that's an, that's yeah. a question you want to keep your eye, something you want to keep your eye on. You're talking about the Celtics. Yeah, another player that's going to step up, probably will step up with Derek White and play play huge minutes in the playoffs at certain games. Um, he'll be a big impact with Marcus Smart going to pick up the end, the off end where he left. Yep, and and um, and so but they're still in good hands. With Derek White has turned out to be a really good, you know, nice player, excellent defensive player, uh, and 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 a solid offensive player. Um, I always thought that they could find a way to use Peyton Pritchard a little bit too, but uh, and he's going to be. A, I think he's a restricted free. I, I would, I, if I were a team, I'd, I'd I'd knock on that door a little bit if I needed a third guard. Um, but anyway. Um, there's still a lot, of, a lot of the cupboard is hardly bare. They still got you know Tatum's entering the absolute prime of his career. Um, right. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be still. And when you look at the East, Miami obviously it's going to be funny. Miami won't. I wonder if they'll even be favored because people. Yeah, you know, it's. But they, I respect them totally. But Milwaukee's right. going to have a different look if Chris Middleton goes. Philadelphia's going to have a different look as Harden goes, and he will right. go apparently. So um, you know who's going to step up? Uh, you know the Celtics are going to. You know when the dust settles, you're going to have to figure they got as good a chance as anybody on paper right now to come out of the East next year. Yeah, definitely. The Sixers are in a position they don't want to be in right now. Harden leaves, they're not going to get back to that kind of player that he's going out. Even though Harden plays skeptical or iffy sometimes in the playoffs. He, he was responsible for, I believe, three for two of the Sixers' wins in that um, conference finals. So, I mean, conference semifinals, I'm sorry. So he yeah. still steps up when need be. If he leaves, they're going to they're gonna be in a position they want to be in. And they have they have Maxi, but he can't replace what, what Harden can do in clutch moments as of right now, I believe. Yep. Well, it's a, you know, it, Harden's a mixed blessing sometimes, you know. And, 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 <laughs> Perfectly you said. Know, really, I... I, I <laughs> I'm not. I've never been a member of a fan club. I mean, I respect the numbers he's put up and 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 some of the things he's done and and uh, and yet, yeah, but I, I don't enjoy watching him play particularly. And and uh, um, but I'm not. I don't think I'm alone. But the fact is, he's a viable t- talent still at age 33. Um, if they don't have him, you know, that's going to be a uh, you know a, 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 a technical void. Whether Maxi will you know get even increased uh, opportunity to. Uh, and, and I'm a big fan of his. And, but right. their big thing is they don't want to waste, you know, I'm, I'm using that verb in quotes, waste the uh, joy and beat, you know, that, that they got they got this asset and, and uh, they're not getting the maximum benefit of having a player of that caliber. He is the reigning MVP now. And, uh, um, you know, they need to find a couple more pieces of that puzzle if they're going to maximize, you know, to get the most out of and, 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 and some, get another championship you know, back. You know, it's 40 years now since uh, – uh, Dr. J and and the company and uh, you know and uh, that that's that's a long wait. Yes, and NBA we know you have to take advantage of what's in front of you. And NBA is a center. We know they can be more injury prone because of their size and the demand they put on their bodies every night. But they definitely need to step up and fill that void and try making a playoff push this year upcoming. <laughs> definitely. Yep. yep. So. 
and I really had the person when he pays me on the main panel. I was the first to see what his stories or one-on-one made that he has. I'm good for you all, <laughs> you know, being close to what you want to ride a horn. You guys put your words there. Uh, I'm not sure what you said there. I'm sorry, John. I said, we had um, Woody Page back on the NBA panel. How's it for you still working with Woody once in a while on Around the Horn? Well, all I can say is about Around the Horn is that uh, uh, we never know what's going to happen, <laughs> where, where Tony's going to land, uh, you know, how he's going to judge us. Um, you know, you, you, you take your best shot and uh, – uh, I had a lot of fun yesterday because I like going up against Bill Plaschke. Uh, he's my right. favorite uh, sparring partner there, we, the L.A. guy versus the Boston guy, although neither one of us is from – I'm not from Boston. He's not from L.A., but now we're associated with those cities. So, uh, But I like going up against him, and uh, uh, it, it, was, it, it was fun. But uh, I'm very honored to be on that show. We, we got started in, in November of 2002, and here we are still here. That's pretty good. Um, the different numbers came away as a previous NBA champion. Um, what do you think about their rise and their first the NBA playoffs last year? They were oh, the number one team all basically all last season, and during the playoffs they didn't falter. They they had an adversity. They came back and won. They, when they were ahead, they won. When they were behind, they came back and won. And it closed out the um, Lakers in a convincing four. Sweet was we not people didn't see coming, but they went to LA, took two games, almost swept the way against Miami Heat. He put in a lot well, of work. What I say is that the team that should have won did win, and that's why I asked for is justice in that regard. They were the best team, uh, as it turned out, for sure. Uh, they, they were the number one seed. I, I, when the playoffs started, uh, I, I, I picked Phoenix. I was on that bandwagon and, uh, the way, after the way they finished. And, and I said, nobody out, believes in Denver outside of Denver, and nobody believes in Memphis outside of Memphis, and nobody believes in Sacramento outside of Sacramento. And, and I think I was pretty much true, uh, true, right in all three cases and uh, the, about their public perception, not the reality of their, of their achievement. But Denver absolutely is, the most, is a totally deserving champion, and, and uh, uh, they, they, they absolutely earned it. And, and, and by the way, I also say Miami, I don't even feel that they lost. They just didn't win. I thought Miami had a tremendous playoffs. They should be very proud of what they accomplished. And, and right. so it was a very worthy final, I thought, and I thought that, uh, you know, you, that you can't – you have to give uh, Denver full credit. And, you know, we learned a lot about some people there. You know, uh, we learned a lot of uh, Christian Brown, you know, wow. He's, yes. I didn't know he was this good, <laughs> you know. Uh, he, he helped them in a couple games big time. And, of course, Jokic, it's, it's all it's, – what more can you say now, right, about Jokic? Not much yes. more you can say. He's a phenomenal player and – and uh, and then Jamal Murray is a major major big time player who just needed to get healthy and uh, and and Mike Malone uh, is a, obviously an excellent coach. They all should be feel really proud. I'm happy for the people in Denver, Denver too. You know they've supported that team since the first days of the ABA and never won in the ABA and now they've won and, right. and uh, uh, I think uh, I think it's a very deserving town in that regard. Yeah, Crystal Brown became join the league company and come on only players when it's in NCAA championship and they championship back to back years. So he's in the league company now, want to be on the all his yeah. own. That happens every once in a while. Matt, Matt, Magic did that back in 79, 80, remember? He won the NCAA championship and then he, he won, on, won the NBA championship his rookie year. And uh, so that, that's always cool. Something that act like that happens. 
Um, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going all in again. More on mm-hmm. that. They're going to be very top-heavy with Bill Durant and Booker. Um, we all know how the Booker Nets tried this with Durant. Uh, they're, and... they're, I'm anxious to see myself <laughs> because they didn't have any depth to start with. They don't have any. Yeah. They still don't have any depth. I want to see the minutes that they're going to have to play uh, 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 those guys because uh, I just they don't have a bench worthy you know at all. But boy, they have some yeah. you know, firepower potentially. Also, uh, I. I don't know what the make of whether they want to, they need to to move Aiton or not. And if they do, then what do they do? I don't know. Uh, but I, assuming he stays, that's four fifths of a very very potent, uh, you know, star laden uh, starting lineup uh, for sure. Uh, I just heard Beal talk the other day. He's obviously thrilled and excited. He wants to play with these these guys. And one, the, the, to me, the very best thing about about uh, them at the, is that. No matter who they bring in, no matter what type of player they bring in to augment that, Kevin Durant can play with anybody. Kevin Durant is compatible; he's adaptable to, to play with anybody. So you know he can adjust. He doesn't. And he doesn't have to. He used to be adjusting to him. But my point is, he is such right. a talented, skillful, all-around player on offense that that uh, you know he, he whatever new thing they bring in, he'll you'll get still get the best out of Kevin Durant. So Beal, you know, shouldn't have any, any worry about that. Durant will help him. Yeah, and it was when he Bill's solicited on um, no trade clause four, it is the Phoenix Suns. This is the best side for winning a title I think he's had in his whole career. He was in Washington just being well, That's what he wants. Side. I mean, <laughs> he's in the ring chasing business with the, as well. They get when they get to be twenty nine thirty, and it hasn't happened. And you know, and let's face it, Washington has been a, sta- a stagnant place. It's a, it's frightening to think that that championship they had was nineteen seventy eight, and the last time they were in the finals was seventy nine, and right. and uh, you know that era and really for most of the next last 40 years, not every bit of it, but a great deal of it, they haven't been, they've just been mired in mediocrity. They're just in the right. middle somewhere. There, there's no, there's, um, I can't imagine being a Washington fan growing up and trying to find a way to get excited about that team. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yes, for agency is about to begin shortly. Um, Bob, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for joining me once again. Okay, very good, John. Thank you. Talk to you now. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Yes, once again, that was legendary speech by the Barbarian. Until next time.